Well, thank you. Uh, my name is Vance Harris. I'm with Dialogue. I was the project architect and partner in charge of Vancouver House. My name is Jacqueline Chi with West Bank. Uh, we were the developer and I was the project manager in charge of the project. So we find ourselves standing at the corner of Beach and Howe on the unceded lands of the Musqueam, Squamish and Slautooth peoples and are really excited to uh, take people through a, an audio tour of what has become a, a really renowned project in uh, Vancouver's urban fabric. The way that we describe this project uh, is through the delineation of four separate buildings. Um, but essentially they sit over three sites. So buildings one and two is on the first site. Building one is the podium to the tower and building two is the tower itself. Building threes and three and four sits on either side of the Granville Street Bridge. Today we're going to be focusing on building two and uh, to set the stage, we're, we're currently standing underneath the entry uh, volume of the tower and for those who are familiar with the form of the building, this projecting volume is, stands out as a bit of um, atypical projection from the building. We have a lot of projecting balconies on the west side, but the entry sequence to the tower itself is created by this, this low uh, volume. Inside the volume, as we'll see in a couple of minutes, there is a universally accessible amenity space topped by a green roof. The space we are in right now is, is open to the elements, although undercover, and you'll hear in the background the sort of comings and goings of people, uh, workers, there's a little electric scooter coming by, a lot of vehicle traffic, but we're also looking across the street at a city of Vancouver Park. It's actually a very urbane setting uh, and a very fitting entry to a tower of this significance. For context, uh, building two, the tower, is a 52-story tower. Um, that's about 460,000 square feet with 375 condo units and 106 rental residential units. The tower floor plate rises from about 6,000 square feet at the base of the building where the Granville Street Bridge is adjacent and then it twists and grows to about a 14,000 square foot plate at the top. The architecture that Jacqueline just referenced is it's actually not immediately apparent when you're this close to the building. I, I think one of the successes of the project is that it is um, very calming and um, very approachable to uh, the pedestrian as you come upon it. Uh, quite different from the striking urban silhouette it carves uh, when you're approaching the tower from a distance. One doesn't necessarily feel the sort of weight and strength of all of the structural gymnastics that the tower goes through uh, when you enter the lobby. As you'll see in a moment when we walk in the front doors, it's actually a very austere, very quiet, very simple palette, uh, and it, it sort of belies the monumentality of form that the tower itself strikes. So from a location perspective, uh, we mentioned that we're right now standing at the front door to the tower um, on the corner of Howe Street and Beach Avenue. Um, the use of this site was previously primarily industrial. There was repair and service stations, uh, storage facilities and parking lots uh, and auto manufacturing on the site. Um, and since the remediation of the site, there are now um, a number of bus stops around the vicinity. Um, the site is within walking distance to the SkyTrain uh, light rail system and it is also situated directly on a bike lane route. And I should add it's actually very very close to the little aqua bus uh, serving False Creek as well. 
given the density uh, of this redevelopment, uh, we've really prioritized reduction in car parking and emissions as a, a part of this project. So the quantity of car stalls has been reduced by 50%, um, which has reduced greenhouse gas emissions by 50% or more. The reduction in car parking is coupled with the fact that it's in such close proximity to um, public transportation, bike routes, and walking pathways. You get everything that you need from this site already. More than just a building, Vancouver House was really about a neighborhood, about a precinct. You'll often hear folks talk about the beach district. Uh, we actually started thinking in those along those lines very, very early on. You know, Jacqueline's talked about the uses that were here before. It was somewhat of a blighted area in between active edges of downtown Vancouver. So this project really is a, a catalyst for uh, an urban scale stitching uh, endeavor where we're filling in a missing hole of, of the city fabric. And in doing so, it allows the existing edges of the city to just seamlessly move into the space that's been created and therefore it also allows folks that are living and working here to be like right at the doorstep of everything the downtown has to offer. So let us now head into the lobby of the tower and we'll head up to the 8th floor amenity terrace. So here we are standing on the 8th floor amenity terrace. You can hear the traffic from the Granville Street Bridge to our left. Just to the west of where we're standing is the triangular footprint, the 6,000 square foot triangular footprint of the tower. The outdoor terrace that we're standing on ostensibly makes up the remaining half of uh, that rectangle. And if uh, we look up, we actually see that we're standing under the projecting floor plates of the tower above. Within this zone on the eighth level, there are a few things we're going to uh, walk through and talk about. There is an urban agricultural element that uh, was part of early rezoning conversations with the city of Vancouver. So that involves indigenous planting, uh, edible plants, and uh, places to sit and, and enjoy that planting. There is a water feature that was um, designed and placed uh, according to Feng Shui principles. And then we are actually going to also walk over to a partially undercover but otherwise outdoor swimming pool that is fully accessible to all residents of the tower. And on top of the swimming pool is a significant green roof that provides cover to a portion of the pool. On this outdoor terrace at level 8, uh, as a as we look to the north and to the east, we're surrounded by a, a perimeter skylight that actually serves as a, a light well into building one, into the podium that uh, surrounds the tower. Uh, obviously, it's a, a, a very significant sustainability measure, but it's also a, a, a very significant ordering element within the building when you step back and you look at how the tower meets the podium, how the podium is broken up in its massing uh, to meet grade, uh, this skylight acts as that break within the building. So uh, that's something that's quite particular to Vancouver House is everything is so highly uh, coordinated and integrated. If you see a move doing one thing, it's usually doing about 10 things at the same time. 
So now let's head north on the eighth level uh, patio and take a look at the pool. So here we are standing at the pool um, with the open triangular opening to the sky above us. Uh, it's a 25 meter pool and there's an intensive green roof above it. So Jacqueline mentioned the green roof that surrounds the pool. And in fact, uh, as we've mentioned in other parts of this tour, all of the horizontal and in fact, in this case, sloping surfaces that meet the sky are covered by uh, these, these uh, extensive green roofs. They, they serve an uh, obvious function beyond the, the, uh, the beauty that they afford the city around it. They act as a, an initial filtration uh, to a lot of the uh, rainwater that will hit this site. Uh, and they're really the first of two points of uh, capture and slow release. So we have the green roofs and then uh, later on in this tour uh, we'll be heading down into the mechanical spaces below grade. There is also uh, a below grade cistern that captures the uh, water that comes off of the green roof slowly and then in turn slowly releases it out into uh, the surrounding utilities. So it, um, it really mediates any uh, surge impacts from weather events. So now we're going back inside and we're heading up to one of the suites. Here we are inside one of the suites. We're on the top floor where the penthouses are. Uh, the penthouses are two-story suites. So we've now walked into the living room of penthouse five. It's very wide and open and expansive uh, with an amazing view to the west. You can't hear through the glazing as the building envelope is very airtight uh, with triple glazed windows and doors. These penthouses are two stories tall with an accessible rooftop dedicated to the respective penthouses. We're going to head west and actually walk out onto the balcony in a moment and one of the things that becomes apparent is uh, a, a slight step up onto the balcony and that actually uh, turns our attention to a couple of elements uh, around the mechanical heating and cooling. So we're actually stepping up onto a perimeter hydronic heating and cooling system. It's a low temperature system. What that also allows us to do is step up onto a fully insulated balcony. Because of a number of the uh, structural requirements of the concrete superstructure, we were not able to introduce any thermal breaks in the slab. So uh, our best approach, and in fact, one could argue it was a better approach anyway, is to wrap the entire concrete structure in a continuous sweater of insulation. So. It allows us to then step up over top of the heating and cooling unit onto a uh, lovely stone terrace that actually conceals a fully uh, insulated and wrapped balcony below. We'll probably actually get a pretty good sense of the difference in uh, sound as we open up this uh, lift and slide door. The attenuation is quite remarkable. So we're now standing out here on what's admittedly a rather smoky day on the uh, west coast, but we're high above English Bay looking primarily west 
And as we look uh, above us and around us, we can see the wrapping of the facade, the entire cladding for uh, all of the buildings at Vancouver House is a, a 316 grade or a marine grade stainless steel. Uh, these panels are two millimeters thick, uh, incredibly stiff, incredibly weather resistant, uh, and they um, cover up that thermal blanket, that thermal sweater I had talked about a moment ago. And uh, when you step back and look at the tower, you then realize where some of the uh, resolution of form and the thickness of elements comes from. It's equally an aesthetic treatment as it is uh, a sustainability measure. If we look down over the balcony, we're back uh, at the front door where we were standing a moment ago, uh, 52 stories down, and you can see the green roof above the entry into the main lobby space. So we talked earlier about how every design move on Vancouver House is in fact addressing multiple considerations and these balconies are no different. Being on the west side and, and being on um, a very specific feature of this side of the building, we're standing on top of a projecting balcony um, box. And what these do is not only uh, resolve the aesthetic skin of the building, but um, act to cut down on the low angle uh, sunlight as uh, the sun sweeps past 12 o'clock and into the afternoon. These act as essentially projecting fins for the rest of the facade. As we look to the south, and, and if one uh, takes in the entire Vancouver House facade in, in one go, you can see that the resolution of these projecting elements at the corner, uh, they become fully um, linear balconies along the entire south facade. So you essentially see the skin of the building on the south, but the uh, thermal boundary is in fact six feet behind that exterior skin of the building, adding this uh, highly livable buffer zone that cuts down on direct solar glare. It also allows for a, sort of a heightened sense of uh, private use uh, within a very public setting. So we're back inside the unit uh, and we're just looking at the finishes um, around the suite. So all of the interior finishings that have been installed are all low VOC emitting materials, uh, such as the, the floor, the cabinetry, the paints, uh, the adhesives. Um, and all of the, the wood millwork is low formaldehyde cabinetry. And one of the other great uh, characteristics of indoor air quality here is continuous ventilation from the heat recovery ventilator that we have in the ceiling space um, that provides supply air into each of the spaces within the suite. And then the heating and cooling is around the perimeter of the, the sill as Vance mentioned. One last comment about the interior of the suites is that all of the lighting is LED lighting. So now we're going to head back to the 1600 foot per minute elevator and ride down to the parkade, uh, look at some of the bike parking, end of trip facilities and mechanical spaces. So here we are on the P1 level, standing in the main mechanical room. Buildings one and two is actually connected into a district energy utility uh, for through creative energy. 
Uh, Creative Energy is a district utility that's um, hooked up to over 210 buildings in downtown Vancouver. Um, and Vancouver House buildings one, two, three, and four is one of them. So here we are in the main uh, heat exchanger room where the incoming service from Creative Energy comes into the building. And from this room, the hot and cold water is pumped through the tower and the podium. So a connection to a district energy utility allows the project to be uh, more energy efficient than a typical project. By having this connection, you have much less equipment on site, which yields significant space savings, but also efficiency savings because the energy system is connected to multiple buildings rather than just the one. So now let's leave the mechanical room and head down to the bicycle repair and storage area. So we're now down on level P2 in one of the many bicycle storage rooms. Um, as we look around, we see a cross-section of folks that live in the tower, various types and sizes of bikes, kids' bike trailers. Um, also just one room over is an on-site bike repair spot, which has uh, immediate access to a secondary bicycle elevator. As we head back through the parkade to head upstairs, uh, we will be passing uh, electric vehicle charging stations along the way. The tower is fully wired for EV charging in all stalls. So we're just going to head back to where we started the tour um, at the main tower entrance off of Howe Street. So as we come to the end of the walking tour, I'm reflecting back on uh, perhaps some of the more memorable moments uh, on this project. And for me, it's actually uh, less to do with the building and, and more to do with the community of people that put it together. Uh, I was out on site uh, on the day the concrete was being poured for the foundation. Uh, brought my kids with me. They were very young at the time. Uh, and I actually ran into a number of other folks, including the lead electrical contractor, with his kids on site watching the first concrete go into place. And over the next six years, uh, not only did we talk about the project every time we worked together but we checked in on each other's kids because we had been there on site on day one so it was a, a real community building experience. I think one of the interesting things for me on this project is that uh, there's so many unique conditions and there's nothing that's typical or off the shelf and that's both um, incredibly hard to work with but also incredibly re rewarding and interesting to come up with so many unique solutions that we can utilize on other projects and also just learn from what we learn from this project. So thank you for coming on this Green Building audio tour of Vancouver House, Buildings 1 and 2.